Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, November 18th in the year 2022. East Coast, you just hit Saturday, and it's going to be a good Saturday to chill and hopefully have a little bit of time just to reflect and walk and talk with Father God. Before we begin, make sure you're also getting your supplies in this time necessary to support and to sustain the family. We're into a very interesting time, a time where we literally cannot trust what our government's going to do or what tricks they're going to pull to sever, sever us from the necessary things like food. Patriots, if you didn't know, America is running out of diesel fuel. The Energy Information Administration says that there's less than 25 days remaining in our national stockpile. Now, if trucks can't get fuel, they also can't deliver food to the grocery stores. What then? If you don't have emergency food stocked up, go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com right now and grab a special limited time offer from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. You'll save $250 on their three-month emergency food kit, which gives you a wide variety of breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. My Patriot Supply wants to help you be your own grocery store. So for a limited time, you'll save $250 on their three-month food kit. Be sure to get one kit for each person in your family. This offer ends in just a few days. So go right now to preparewithbards.com and grab your $250 discount on each three-month kit you need. That's preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Patriots, there's nothing like having the security of food in your home. So remember, go to preparewithbards.com and take advantage of this amazing offer. Oh, yeah. They also have great pudding, just so you know. It's awesome. And I think it'll last for like a thousand years or something. <laughs> I don't know what's in it. But all their stuff is like, oh, it'll last for 20 years. I'll tell you what, if you want to get something, you're going to have to make sure you're getting brownie mix. Like, get, go to Costco and get the big brownie mixes. Because I'm going to tell you, when that nuclear winter rolls over, and you're looking at those mushroom clouds that are popping up all the cities around the country, and people are turning into crispy critters, you know, that sort of stuff, and you've got the skinwalkers running around in, in the daytime now, and the Nephilim are coming out to pick up the people and bite their heads off, that sort of stuff. There's nothing like having a batch of brownies to make your day feel better. Just mix them up, sit back, watch the show. It's already there. So anyway, just saying. Costco's got some good brownie mix, too, I'm telling you. Just saying. All right, listen. We've talked a lot in the last few weeks about forgiveness and justice, and I've pushed that one pretty hard. And it's, I think it's really important that we start to realize the level of fight that we're in. I was getting some slides tonight from a presentation from Brad Cummings. Pastor Brad Cummings, the Pastor Brad Cummings, my close friend. He's at a presentation tonight with Dell Bigtree, who I'm going to try to get back here on the show. I like Dell a lot. And he's a hardcore researcher and he's a hard hitting patriot. But this is very, I just want to put some things in context for you of what we're dealing with. And, and then we're going to reflect back a bit on this whole bit of forgiveness and justice. There's still a lot of vengeance in people's hearts. And I and I and 
when I say that, it doesn't show up, and I'm not accusing or judging anybody. I'm just telling you that anger, if anger isn't properly understood, anger breeds into a vengeance and a seething hate. And it's very easy to do that right now, especially with one another. Because by design, especially with this ridiculous clown show called Politics, which drives me crazy. I've already made my case on that. I told you last summer that it wasn't even worth voting. But nope, I think that what worked out well is everybody did vote and they got to finally see the evidence that the whole thing was rigged from top to bottom. It's corporate owned. But here's what's been going on. I've been talking to you about this over quite a period of time and especially this week is that as the election was rolling on, they're rolling out this massive agenda. And that was... And so we've got the notice that at the Bali convention or whatever they did, they had their G20 conference and they all agreed that they were going to implement digital passports. But digital passports ties in with biometrics and ties in with a digital currency. All of it is linked. None of it is separated. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so hard on all the politicians, including Trump, for not speaking out on this, because this is the ultimate enslavement trap. Now, last hour, I spoke very clearly on my position that we also have to reflect on what President Trump gave us as a nation. We can't walk away from that. And the place where we've arrived, where we have grown up bigger than him, and now as, quote, adults of this of this more matured nation, we owe it to him to speak our truths to him by letter, by whatever form you can have, pray for him and encourage him, invite him to walk with us because this country is we the people. It's not President Trump leading the people. And that's where we have to kind of get our head around stuff. I won't lie, that last hour, that last show, was there were some emotional moments for me because there's some really big moments that we're, we can't simply walk away from if we're going to be humble and be honest with ourselves. And... I'm not looking for any sort of validation from anybody. I'm, I I saw if there was at least one pretty in, intentional snarky comment to me, and I don't real in this chat, and I really don't care because the whole point is that people are in different places, but God tells us something very clear: we must forgive to be forgiven. That's contractually in the deal. You don't get to have one or another. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to do line item vetoes on the ones that we want to forgive or not forgive because forgiveness is in our heart, not the release of them from from their justice and their accountability. And it's essential right now that we have this because leading with forgiveness gives us clarity. So when we start to look at the vaccine passports, they are a precursor to digital ID wallets. Nine U.S. financial institutions, it's actually 12, not nine, including Citibank, Wells Fargo, MasterCard. I'm reading from a slide. They said nine, and at the time they wrote this, it was nine, but it's actually 12. Um, including Citibank, Wells Fargo, and MasterCard launched a pilot program for 12 weeks with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York to test the feasibility of a digital dollar based on distributed ledger technology. We talked about that all last week. And this is just a new way to create money out of nothing, transfer debt to everybody, 
and to lead everybody into the ultimate enslavement trap, which is the digital ID wallets, which ties in your biometrics, your DNA, your whole identity into the linkage of a digital currency, which then allows them to dictate what products and services and information that you can access. Hear that last word, information. You can access and conversely what they're denying. So their whole idea is once they seize this type of control, people are going to be bound into a system there's no escaping this because you're not going to be able to get news and if unless they choose that you to have it, everything will be controlled. Every story will be managed. And they're not that far from this. Now, the good news is is people are waking up. That is a good news. People are getting suspects of vaccine, a suspect of vaccines. That's another good news. But people still believe in the science of vaccines. That's the bad news. People still believe in the science of viruses. That's the bad news. And they don't believe in the issues of things like environmental pollution. They don't believe in EMP pollution. They don't believe in the idea of parasites. I mean, all this is lost, and this is just the name three, and there's a laundry list of stuff. But this is the world where we are being shaped to be in. And my opinion that I think holds is that Every single politician knows this, and because they got their hands dirtied on the vax, none of them are going to touch this, and instead we're going to waste our time talking about useless topics of what Hunter Biden did rather than getting to the core of it of where we're going to be actually delivering justice. And that's the problem. Now, this is really interesting. In 1986, there were 11 vaccines. In the year 2017, there's 54 vaccines. And they already have planned within the next five years to have hundreds of vaccines. Why? Because what they have done with this injection is they have destroyed the immune systems of people. And the more that they go down that route, so whatever this injection is, whether it's a nano biosynthetic parasite, which is what the latest and set of information is pointing to, and I agree with it, whether it really has a spike protein. Dr. Merritt's position that I, is that the spike protein is a complete false flag. It was designed to take us off path. I agree with that too. Whatever this is, whatever the graphene oxide, the nanotech, however that all works together, does it have the ability to influence people's personality and control them? All of that is being spoken by them. Part of it is whether we believe it. That's a big part of this game because it's all a psyop. But nonetheless, no matter how you weight this down, one of the side effects of this injection is that the immune systems are being diminished and destroyed. That means that they're leading people into a future where the only way you can survive is to have a constant round of injection, vaccines that they're already developing to constantly inject you. Now, we go back in time a little bit, and I am openly critical of President Trump and, the, and his, where his position has been post-2021, January 2021, in promoting that vax, okay? He has accountability in that. But 
This is a big but here. Nobody was forced to take the injection other than the military, and they were. They were turned into rats in a lab type testing. Well, I shouldn't say they were. They had a choice too, but it was a brutal choice, and many had took it. 120,000 took that choice. Nobody was tackled in your front yard and injected. Nobody was rounded up like cattle and put through a cattle chute and injected. Everybody made their own choice. So when there is anger in your heart about the injections, and there are people here who have lost friends and family, and it gets very personal, and we want to blame somebody, and we love to find that vector to blame somebody and throw our anger at, it's very easy to turn our vector on President Trump because there is direct accountability with a CEO that he signed in September of 2019 and some of his verbal production promotions of the vax post. And I'm saying always post January 20th, 2021, because up until that point, he was fulfilling the obligations of the people. Now hear me out because this is important. MAGA was just as guilty of pushing for a vax solution as was the left because they had all consumed in this fear and they weren't going to vote for anybody that wouldn't give them what they wanted. So other than the fact that President Trump continued to promote the injection after he left office, which I think was a dismal decision to make, I think it was ego-driven, and I think ultimately it's going to affect his legacy radically. And I have spoken to that many times it still goes to a very difficult place that everyone's going to have to accept. Whether or not you were informed or not, you made the choice, not you particularly, but people made the choice themselves to take the injection. This is truly a threshing floor issue. Now, here's a, here's a wild one for you, and I just want you to reflect on this in, in a way of looking at Father God. Who is to say that Father God didn't want President Trump to promote the injection. Think about that for a minute. Because I'm not saying that God delivers evil. I don't believe that. But as a as a way of separating and running the threshing floor, you would know who was watching and trusting in him versus trusting in Trump. I'm just saying. So it's easy to get mad at him, and I and mad is not the appropriate emotion. I talk a lot about accountability because everybody that's involved in these decisions, our decisions in our life ultimately, everything we think, everything we say, we are going to be accountable to Father God. That's We're going to stand before him, and it's going to be like, okay, let's see what you did for me. The rest of it we're just going to burn away. And for some people, there's going to be so much shock and tears Literally, there's going to be Kleenexes and moments in heaven because you're going to be like, whoa, my my 90-some years of life just got watered down to three minutes. And some of that's going to be around the fact that people couldn't forgive. Our enemy is not our neighbor, typically speaking. I'm not going to, but I mean, generally speaking, it's not the fellow man. We're dealing with these sort of elite cabals people that think that they're superior in God's. And some of them are in our local community. We see that sort of emotionless response that we get from school boards, city councils, where they just look at you and they're like, next. You know, and, and 
I'm like everybody else. Trust me. I, there is nothing I would personally enjoy more. <laughs> I've literally said, like, God, if you ever get a chance to let me walk up and throat punch one of these people and watch them, like, suffer for not being able to breathe in front of me, let me know because I volunteer. So I, I'm just being honest with you here, right? This is, like, no games because this is truly evil we're dealing with. But the deal is that that sort of justice, as I said, that comes from God, not from me. And my neighbor or your neighbor or someone else's neighbor might have taken the injection. They might be a big Biden supporter. They might be an absolute pain in the backside to deal with. But I can't see in my heart where we would ever want to have them suffer through a period where their immune systems were intentionally destroyed because they were so deeply deceived and that we would revel in their pain and suffering. Hence, we get to this point of forgiveness. Because here is the real. This enemy is not playing around. And they have done a masterful job of dividing us. Their intention is to, as they roll out digital IDs, to roll out mandated injection strategies for every man, woman, adult, and child, teen, everybody. This is a combination of destroying humanity, enslaving humanity, and making a massive profit along the way. There is a sickness in these people that has no place on this earth. And I'll be the first to tell you that the people that are instrumenting this and are behind this, I will straight up volunteer to walk the point on an operation like Jericho. So be clear about that. And I need to see, say this because I, I watch comments fairly carefully in chat. And I think that when there's sometimes there's a confusion that when I show compassion or talk about love or talk about trust, or I talk about forgiveness and justice through God, that there's this really distorted perception that's like, oh, he's getting soft. Patriots, I'm not getting soft. I'm walking with God. And when you think about how Jesus would walk here, it wouldn't be to draw the sword first. That's the lesson in the garden with Peter. One of the lessons, Peter draws the sword, slices the ear, and Jesus heals the ear. There is, I spend every day in my prayers, I spend a point of praying for the ability to heal the many. Because it's there, it's scriptural. We can, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Heal the sick cast out demons and raise the dead. That's it. That's truly walking in alignment with kingdom. And so we as a collective group, and you know how I talk here. My life is part of this story. My feelings, my experiences are part of this story and this journey. My walking with Father God is part of this story that I tell every day. And I'm not going to sit here and cast stones at people and point fingers, but I also can see that there is some skewed sentiment out there that it needs you, whoever is stepping back and going, oh, dude, you're talking about forgiveness again. You're damn right I am. Because a vengeful heart leads to a, leads to a destructive culture. 
and a vengeful heart doesn't get you into heaven. And the last thing I want people to be suffering through is a vengeful heart, an angry heart, and an inability to have forgiveness. And there's no latitude here in heaven to go, oh, well, you can wait for a while while you process through your anger. Sure, we all do, but we need to get to a place where we are forgiving and moving because this enemy is working hard to keep us in anger, to keep us hateful, to breed the vengeance, because every time we do, we step a little bit farther off that narrow path and a little bit more difficult to hear Father God. There is a world out here that, for whatever reason, for whatever might and power, Father God has brought us here together in a profound fellowship. This is a place where we come together, we share stories with each other. I watch every night people praying, people asking for prayers, people sharing information. We have something very special here. And when that goes out, whether it's to go out into the community or connect with churches, it's a ripple effect of true love of kingdom out there. Some people go to churches regularly. Some people don't. Some people, this is their church. What is so profound is we keep coming together and staying together. And what we have to be careful of is not to become so verticalized that we forget to look outwards and realize how many are out there that need this as well. There's a lot of people hurting right now. And I talk hard politics, you know that. I'm going to dish out some hard punches when they're needed to. But we also always have to keep in mind the number of people out here that are truly blinded by the deceptions, many of which never know, have never known a true and intimate relationship with Jesus. John 5, 39, and we'll go forward from there. You examine the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is those very scriptures that testify about me. And yet you are unwilling to come to me so that you have, so that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know you that you do not have to love you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves i have come in my father's name and you do not receive me if another comes in his own name you will receive him how can you believe when you accept glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only god Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have put your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? There's a lot of people that there's enough out there that don't have a relationship with God, a lot, actually. They may have heard of Scripture. They may have read some Scripture. They may even have a Bible. But do they open it? And do they read it deeply to build 
the foundation to build an intimate and loving relationship with Jesus. If we assume that they're just going to do that, that's really not, we really missed the point of part of what we're here for. There's no greater adventure, nothing more exciting in life, nothing more challenging in life than the pursuit of Jesus. And there's a lot about that walk that, quite frankly, at times, sucks. Forgiveness is one of those. I don't think any of us line up at times to go, yeah, okay, I'm ready. I just got punched in the face, and I'm ready to forgive. Let's go. I'm still bleeding in the nose. It's a process. But it's required and expected. And as we do that, and we have to do that so where we can carry that into others' lives, the, what it does to us, the profound transformation that happens within us is something we need to be able to share and lead others to. There's so many people that are vaxxed. And I've said this before, we fought that fight hard to keep them from getting vaxxed. Well, they did it. And I have been really hard in my words here, which I will still stand by. People that took the vax made a choice between salvation and a needle and salvation in Christ. And when I first said that, boy, that was not a popular statement. Okay? So it's not popular. But the point is you're going to have to get back to Jesus if you took the vax. I don't care if you did it in because your church told you. I don't care if you did it because you thought it was the right thing to do. I don't care if you did it just because your thumb and your nose at everybody that was trying to tell you not to. The fact of the matter is that that injection has defiled the temple that God gave you to steward. And that requires repentance. And it requires a lot of repentance because that's one of those really big things on the list of sin. But for us that are unvaxxed, it's not like we're going to sit on the side or should be sitting on the side going, ha, see, I told you, dude, you screwed up. Now you got to repent for a month. Ha, 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 ha. We should be praying right there with them. We should be talking to them and encouraging them. Because that's how we wield the mightiness, one of the ways we wield the mightiness of the sword of the Spirit. Because in that process, we're healing them and we're healing ourselves. So, we're in a really interesting stage right now, in my opinion. And in my opinion, and I say this with pretty good sense that what I'm saying right now is riding right on that wave with the Holy Spirit. So I'm not, it's probably more than my opinion, but I'll just leave it there. We're given an opportunity right now to take this amazing growth that we've gained, the wisdom that God's given us to grow even greater greater in the kingdom. And that's not like, like we're going to get, you're going to get up to heaven and they're going to be like, oh boy, you were one of those. Well, I'll tell you what, come on over here on the short line and there's an espresso machine for you over there and we got some extra cookies for you and we've got some catered 
food in the background in the VIP section, and the rest of these slogs have to sit here in the long line, and it's hot and sweaty, and they'll eventually get here, but you're, you got a good pass. That's not what I'm talking about. We're trying in this, in this fight to bring people home and bring them to Jesus. And we have exemplar examples of this in our own community of the time that we spend and the care that we give and the compassion that we extend for others. Previous hour, part of that compassion, care, and honesty that we have to extend is to President Trump, in my opinion. I don't know what that does. I don't know if it makes any difference in his trajectory. I don't know if he's going to be able to step away from his elite circles of influence and be able to get down to the people and really hear us and walk with us as we would, as we're inviting him to. But we're not following him now or shouldn't be. We're walking and asking him to walk with us. That's the difference. Because we've grown a lot. But it's not just limited to someone in our own way of thinking. That hand has to be extended to the many out here that are that have been victimized. And this is going to get easier to identify and probably more receptive for them to hear as this crushing hand of the cabal continues to come down on society. Like I say, they're not playing around. This isn't like, oh, let's see if we can tease them. They're on the full march right now. This is like a blitzkrieg action globally. And they're trying to take advantage of a window of opportunity. It's pretty evident where they've got people on the ropes. Their great leader, President Trump, is now on the ropes trying to make a comeback, but they're attacking him, and they know that they've proven to the people well enough that there's no way you're ever going to get somebody elected up here that we don't want. That was part of the election demonstration for us all. And they're counting on the fact that they're going to be able to squeeze your food supplies and squeeze your, your fuel supplies and continue to feed you with all these little ideas about how blacks are better than whites and Hispanics are better than whites and transgenders are extra special. They need to be taken care of. And we're going to create, we're going to take these perversions and we're going to legalize them and protect them federally. And we're going to persecute you. If you ever call them out, they're doing all of this. And these groups that are minority groups are being sucked into some of this as well. And all this is happening and we're going like, Oh my goodness, what, what am I going to do? And we, we look at this other side and we look at these, these, abominations that are walking in sexual immorality. We're like, dude, I I can't stand you. All right, all that I got. Because it's real, we're calling out truth, and we're calling out the fact that they are deviant from Scripture. But this is kind of where we got to change our role a little bit, put on our Jesus shoes, and walk as Jesus walks. And that's going to begin that walk with a forgiving heart and a compassionate walk. He spent time, lots of time, with prostitutes and tax collectors. So let's do the same. Let's dig out to those people that maybe we wouldn't normally talk to. That's the point. And let's spend some time engaging and praying especially. I've never, you know, you've seen this as a testimony on this show, and I remember the first time I did it on this show, it was hard to do. When I made the decision that I would close this show with a prayer, every show, and every guest. 
I have no idea where these guests sit. Generally, I don't have any idea where these guests sit spiritually. And every time that I come to the prayer, it's kind of to the place where, and I don't care where they sit scripturally. Because this is Bards FM. And the rules of Bards FM is you're welcomed here. Your story is here to be told. And as part of that experience, you will get a prayer going out whether you like it or not. It's happening. Robert David Steele, who's now dead, controversial guy, was a real CIA case officer. I can tell you that firsthand. He and I first met by phone and email back in 2015 when he first came on the scene. We had a chance to talk, get to know each other a little bit, did the handshake, pinky shake of who are you, who am I, though, okay, we worked with those people together, all right, you're for real, you're for real, that sort of thing. Fast forward about a year ago, year and a half ago, whatever it was, Robert David Steele came on this show. I can tell you with certain amount of comfort that there was only a handful, if ever, a time in Robert David Steele's life when somebody asked him if they could do a prayer for him. And I can tell you by the response that he gave, because he's like, yes, do let's do this. That that was something that it was almost like a new adventure for him. I wasn't close friends with Robert David Steele, but I knew him. And Robert David Steele is dead. And what I smile about every, every time I think about that, and what I smile about is the fact that on this channel, with witness of others listening, with a guy that probably has never had a prayer spoken for him in his life, he got that prayer. And I don't know what effect that has, but it sure makes my heart feel good because he's no longer here. And it makes me reflect very deeply on every person that we encounter. And it makes me feel, reminds me every time I see somebody. And I'm at the point now when I don't say, have a blessed day, God bless you. And sometimes in the hustle and bustle of things, we don't do it. I feel empty. I feel like I've missed my, my mark badly. If, there's, if I get a nudge to pray and for some reason I'm like, ah, oh, not now, I feel like I've failed. So I try to listen to it every time. This morning, I was coming back from the other property. It's cold out. I pulled in because we're running about 38, 35 degrees right now. I pulled into the gas station. And remember, in Oregon, we have to have our gas filled by the attendant. We can't. We don't have self-service here. Younger kid, nice enough. And... When he finished topping off the gas, I just I just said, hey, man, have a blessed day. That's all I said. He had the best smile. And it's just like he picked up a whole step in his day. He's like, thank you. You too. One little thing, one little dash of God right there. 
this is what's going to win this fight in the end of the day. Because this fight, as much as we know that there's an evil and they do need to be deal- dealt with and they do need to be held accountable, and those that are involved in this whole Vax nightmare are going to have to put their testimony before the world to be heard. That is, that's just the way it is. And that puts President Trump on that category because he chose the wrong side of the fence. But it, again, doesn't take away from what he gave to us in the beginning because he did give us a lot. We wouldn't be where we are today had we not had a figure like Trump to at least bring us together for us to see each other. It wasn't going to happen by itself because it sure as heck didn't happen under eight years of hell and with Obama. And so, like I said last hour, we've grown up. We're walking deeper with Father God. We're walking more powerfully in kingdom. We're looking at our world through the lens of a relationship with Jesus and filling our lives with the Holy Spirit. And we're seeing our country more and more as one that truly will have God on the throne above us and that politicians and politics truly will be subordinate to the will of the people. And along the way, I'm going to tell you, Trump hasn't caught up there yet or didn't get the memo. So yeah, there's accountability, but our responsibility now is to a certain degree without going overboard. Not only is to pray for him, but communicate that to him. Join us. Don't walk. Expect us to follow you now. Join us and join this walk with Jesus. Humble yourself. Be part of this great time in the country where we're looking to the true leader of this world to be the one God, the true God. And our Savior, to get there, our Savior, Christ Jesus. I don't care if he's, if they say he's Jewish. I guess he is. I don't know. I can't keep track. Because it's, it seems to me that religion in his life is more like a fair-feathered, fair-weathered friend. And that might be true. But one way or another, we're going to get a leader in this because it's the way the game is played until such a time that we can truly cast off everything. And of the playing field right now, of all of them out there, I'd say of what's there, probably, he's probably the one choice that we could run with and know that if he was walking with God, we'd be pretty good. So a lot of this walk ahead is going to get pretty rough because those up above want to do everything they can to keep us divided and keep us apart. I don't have any patience for them. If this was sitting in Afghanistan, I'd be working to help teams build JPELT packages to have them captured or killed. And I'm not kidding when I say that. But we're here in America And we still have yet as a nation to embrace the fact that we're truly at a war. But those of us that know and understand, you got to keep a razor's edge. You got to keep a razor's edge focused. You can't let yourself, and speaking truthfully from real bullets flying, RPGs shooting, IEDs exploding type war, you can't let anger and hate settle into your heart. You have to find some time to laugh. You have to trust that God's going to keep you well. You have to listen closely to how he guides you. And you've got to forgive. 
Because even when your enemy is before you and you know that there is a need to eliminate him or he will eliminate you, even in death, when the body's sitting there laying on the ground, there better be some compassion in your heart. It's not just about killing. It's not just about fighting. There's going to be a place and always needs to be a place, no matter how crazy things get, to forgive, to love, and to trust in God for justice. But here's the bottom line on that. When justice is called upon, God may guide you to deliver that justice. There won't be any question of what you have to do at the time and the Father God's leading you, trust me. And that's when you're going to find out what you're made of. I don't want that for anybody, but I'm just telling you that God will call upon us as he sees it needs to be done. But what's not justice at that point by our hand, but by the hand he guides. We're not supposed to be doormats. And the principles of love are the greater relationship of kingdom love. The tools that we have, that we really have from kingdom, we're not using enough. Whether that's deliverance, whether that's prayer, whether that's healing, whatever that is, we have all of those because they've been given, they've been said by Jesus himself. But to get there, it isn't us doing them. It's Christ working through us that makes that happen. That means a forgiving and humble heart to make that happen. And I truly believe that if we as a nation truly had a humbled and forgiving heart, the things that we would witness that would happen would leave us stunned. There would be amazing healing. There would be amazing crushing of an enemy in ways that we wouldn't expect. And crushing of the enemy might mean like, as an example, Harari accepting Jesus and accepting and proclaiming that to the entire world and watching the cabal completely unwind. Kingdom justice, our justice. Unfortunately, we too much often focus on vengeance. But in the end of the day, all of this will succeed or fail by our ability to walk together as one, Realize where the true enemy is. Stop playing their games of division, hate, and fear. And to spend the time discipling to bring as many as possible to Jesus so they too have that strength and that foundation. I'm telling you, we do that as a nation. We do that as our communities. We do that together. We do that and lead that as Bard's Nation. We don't need to get an award. We don't need to get a brownie sticker. We don't need to get a Tracy decoder ring at the bottom of your Cracker Jacks. We just need to know that we did it for Father God. And we did it for the glory of the kingdom. And that is where the real victory lies. Let's pray. Father, In this time where we sit tonight just reflective, choosing to humble ourselves before you, 
choosing to look to this world for a different path forward. So much of the, what we're conditioned with in our time is that justice is violence, justice is vengeance. That we're, leads to the things of a divisive heart in a world that's framed by all of these things. Every single one of us at one point or another, Father, has walked in that path. We put ourselves before you tonight for all those that will join to ask forgiveness for those deviations, those transgressions, those sins. Equally, we pray now to be able to have that strength, that glory of kingdom within us, to start walking as you would have us walk, to start seeing the world with the eyes that you want us to see, to truly have that light of Jesus moving through us in such a powerful way that we start to realize, learn, and experience the true power of justice in your hand, not justice by ours. We learn the true sense of love by your hand, not love by the distortions of what we think. We learn the true sense of forgiveness and what it will bring in our life versus hanging on to the frustrations and angers and pain that somehow we think define us too often, that is. So, Father, we're just we're looking to you now in a different way to say, Father, we're ready to walk this way. We want to walk this way. And no, we're not perfect. And we know that, you know that more than all, but we're speaking honest from our heart. We know we're not. We know we'll sin. We know that we'll fall. But we also know that we have walked far enough on this path now that we will repent, stand back up, and look to you and say, okay, Father, now point me again so I can learn. This is not an easy path. This is not an easy time, but you didn't put us here for it to be easy. And if we ever had that expectation, then hopefully that idea has been dashed. And instead, we're being honest now about where we are and the challenge of this mountain we have ahead of us. But the thing that we also know, if we have truly listened to you, is that no matter how high that mountain is, no matter how vertical, how steep, how difficult it is to climb, all things are possible through you. So, Father... Here we are. Send us. Walk with us. Teach us. Show us. Eyes open. Ears open. The path ahead is different than we can visualize. And yet I think if we're truthful in our hearts, we know that it's so great and so grand and so unbelievable in its power that it wields through the mightiness of the sword of of the of the spirit which roots itself in forgiveness and love, that if we truly understood that, we wouldn't be questioning or struggling. We'd be running to it. So that's what we want to do. We want to run to it, embrace it, and then run with it and bring it into this world as the greatest adventure, the greatest feeling, the greatest experience that's ever been. Thank you, Father guide us in these times. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
So, a long week of craziness. Lots of things happened. Lots of things clustered. None of it was accidental. We know that. None of it ever is. But in all of this, it's probably worth a reflection to ask ourselves, how much time did we spend on the craziness and how much time did we spend with Father just getting to know him, talking to him? How much time did we spend with Jesus talking to him, getting to know him in a deep and personal way? That's really the question. It's all this other stuff. At the end of the day, it's noise. What really counts is that deep and personal relationship with Jesus and with Father. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you on Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Have a blessed and incredibly good weekend. Spend some time walking with Jesus. Spend some time talking to Father. So until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in my body Oh, I wanna open my